Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Jeff Carroll. And I'm Brennan Berry. This is... And we are... The the Soccer Soccer Fanatics. Thank you so much for tuning into our show. We're really happy to have you. I know that it's been a while since we've had a new episode. Obviously, as you are all very well aware... The COVID-19 pandemic has made things pretty crazy for everyone. It's taken a second for my co-host Brennan and I to get our lives situated with school and with work and just kind of figuring out how to adjust and handle the current situation. So we apologize for the delay, but we wanted to continue to put episodes out and, and provide content being that there is no sports right now, we wanted to still do what we could. We were really excited starting this, and we were really bummed that that sports had to go on hold and still is on hold for a while, but we still wanted to do what we loved here with this podcast for, for as long as we can, and hopefully we can use this time while sports are taking a break to put out some more content and, and keep people engaged. Um, what about you, Brian? Yeah. You excited to go? Yeah, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a cool opportunity considering that there is the COVID-19 issue right now um, for us as well as people around the world to just kind of take a step back and reflect on the importance of sports plays in the world. And I think that as a sports community, we can see a little bit more about how we can connect to each other, um, even when the sports aren't playing. And I think this is going to be kind of a fun experience for everybody. Yeah, I'm really excited to see it's already been cool to see what kind of content people come up with in the middle of, of all this waiting for sports to come back. Um, I would also like to apologize in advance. So due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we no longer have access to the same audio recording equipment that we had previously. So audio will not quite be the level that we have used before and that we are hoping for, but uh, we hope that you still tune in and hope you still see that our, perseverance to to continue to record and continue to do this no matter what the circumstances so we appreciate anybody that's that's still tuning in also with the changes to the circumstances we've kind of changed a little bit of the format of how we're going to be doing things so before we had episodes on Mondays and Wednesdays twice a week for MLS Major League Soccer and the Premier League now given the situation we've decided to change things up We will have an episode once a week released on Wednesdays, and we will still be talking about MLS and Premier League, but due to uh, lack of available content, we'll be kind of spreading out also into other leagues and just general soccer discussions from kind of just what's available. So I'm looking forward to getting in a couple of other soccer topics that we weren't necessarily planning on doing before and, and seeing how those go. Um... But for our first segment here, we just kind of want to talk about our just our initial reactions to the delays in things such as Major League Soccer, the Premier League, Euro 2020, the Olympics, just kind of soccer around the world. So, Brennan, how about you get started? Tell me about what your kind of first thoughts were when these delays started to come out. See, I'm a little frustrated, but I'm also at the same time. I guess happy that we're taking the precautionary steps needed in order to make things work and keep everybody safe around the world. 
at first when everything was getting announced, like we could even go back to the NCAA when they were announcing that they were going to cancel the NCAA tournament. Um, I just, I couldn't understand why. And sports for me has been something that has always um, been kind of a relaxing thing to watch and enjoy, especially when school's out or just in the evening time when I don't have anything else to do. Um, and so I was a little shocked when I heard about the NCAA, but I was even more shocked when I heard that the world's sport, soccer, was getting canceled around the world. And it, it just really hit home the importance of this whole COVID-19 issue. Um, we saw a lot of players getting sick. We saw a lot of sports being canceled, not just soccer, but basketball. Um, there were some, like the XFL for um, football was getting canceled. There was just everywhere around the world, things were being changed. Um, when I think of the... Um, soccer world kind of coming to a close. There's a lot of leagues that were almost done. Um, and it was a little shocking to me that they just canceled right there. And then um, there has been talks, obviously, that they're going to continue. But um, the initial reaction that I had is, well, will they continue? For instance, Liverpool, my team, I was like, <laughs> are they going to... One game away from the title in the right, Premier League. Are they going to ever get that Premier League title? Or are they just going to take it away yeah. from them and... Um, so it's just an interesting discussion for a lot of fans around the world, what's going to happen. And I think that's pretty much where my mind is right now. Yeah, it's, it was definitely very surprising, obviously, but it's, it's new ground. It's a new situation for everyone. It's unprecedented. Nobody really knew how to handle this. Everybody just had to kind of do their best and handle it as best as they could. And as best as was understood and receiving and accepting recommendations from those who are studying the virus and what the best safety precautions are to take. Um, obviously, we just started doing this podcast and then everything shut down. So that was kind of hard for us. But, you know, luckily we've been able to, we've been able to pick it back up. But there's a lot of things that go into it. I mean, you look at in Brendan's instance, we talk about like, okay, Liverpool in the Premier League is only one game away from the title. What's going to happen with them? We'll go more into that later. And there are some leagues that are just starting, some leagues that are in the middle. You know, Champions League with how hard people have worked to qualify and, and move forward in that. What's going to happen with that league? Then there's the, the economic issues as far as what kind of revenue is being lost and people's jobs and that kind of stuff. And so... It's kind of a lot to it's kind of a lot to navigate, but when we come back, we are going to be breaking down kind of four separate topics of what COVID nineteen has impacted in what we see in soccer. And so, if you tune in, we'll be right back with that. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for coming back for another segment. Let's let's get right into it. So our first segment talking about how COVID-19 has affected the current state of the soccer world is with Premier League. So Premier League had nine games left. Is that correct? It was either eight or nine. It was pretty yeah. close to the end either way. Yeah, eight or nine games left. Um, so they were almost done. Liverpool, as we mentioned before, were one game away from the title. And so kind of the big question right now is, 
can the season, should the season be finished or should it be, should it be canceled? And Brennan, obviously as a Liverpool fan, you feel very strongly about this. So I'm going to let you get started. Yeah, I think so. Personally, I do think the season should end. Um, but I don't think it should end in a way that nobody gets anything. Uh, I think the, I agree. I, I think the standings should stay the same that they are. I mean, the the next five or six pos, uh, positions in the table are still pretty tight. Um, so maybe do some sort of a lottery between the ones that are closest. But I do think Liverpool does not deserve to be shafted. Um, they they desperately need that title. They've been working for that for thirty years. Yeah, it's been thirty years. And the Klopp even promised in his third year as being the um, the coach that they would get that title, and they they have essentially, and they, they should have that. Um, but I do think that it's late in the year already that they just need to stop the season, anyways, because the players are going to need their break. Um, the Premier League, most leagues, European leagues, they run a different schedule than MLS. Yeah, that's true. And because of their schedule, it makes it so that international play, as well as um, transfer deadlines, as well as um, the Champions League, just a bunch of different tournaments, they're all connected. And once one thing shifts everything else has to shift or it's just going to make things so much more stressful, make things um, a lot harder to compete in. Players are going to be tired. They're going to be um, overwhelmed. The the coaches, the staff for all the teams are just going to be way booked and they're not going to have any time with their families. They're not going to have any time to just relax and heal, especially for those that get injured. And I do think that the season just needs to stop and just go from there. But Obviously, I'm kind of biased as well because of Liverpool, but um, what are your thoughts? It's it's tough. I think the number one thing that people need to realize is that because this is such an unprecedented situation, that people have to be willing to discuss and talk about and really put work into figuring out what is the best situation to go forward. I I agree with you on, on the things that you said. The thing is, is that people have worked too hard this season to come away with nothing. I think it's really unfair for Liverpool to go uh, so far with one loss on the season, completely dominating everyone, only needing one game to, to win the title and to come away with nothing. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's fair. I think that it's also hard when you talk about next season placement for champions league, if they just mm-hmm. end the season, it's like, okay, then who's, who's supposed to be in because if you just take who was in the positions qualifying for champions league before the season was canceled, then if you're taking current positions and Liverpool's in first, shouldn't they, shouldn't they get the title? And I think, like you said, it can't just be pushed back just because of the schedule of everything. People need breaks, especially top European clubs that do have to deal with their own league, different, Cup games, Champions League, they just have a lot to deal with, and they deserve the right to get a break and to rest up and to spend time with their families. They need that off season, and so it's a really it's really tough with what to navigate and how to handle it. I personally think Liverpool should still get the title. I think you're right that the season probably needs to end, but I think that those who have accomplished what they've accomplished so far should not be like you said they shouldn't be shafted for it. Um, 
on to the other league that we've discussed with with MLS. MLS is in a better situation than the Premier League for sure because they just started. And so I think kind of the question there is should MLS be pushed back where they finish later, like in December, or should the season be shortened? See, I have, I have a couple thoughts on that. Number one, if they're going to continue play, I think it needs to be shortened. Because once it, it, once again, they're not going to have that offseason like um, they would normally have if they just started the season over and go through again. Um, they would have to change a lot of scheduling. Um, that could and, be and say you're playing MLS Cup at the right. end of December in, I hate myself for mentioning them, but in Kansas City. Like, right. that's that's dangerous. Yeah. Like, that's dangerous to be playing in those kinds of conditions mm-hmm. that late into the winter. Right. And so I agree that I think it has to be a shortened season. Because, and the thing is, with the shortened season, is that I don't know some of the logistics as far as scheduling, how it would affect scheduling and revenues. And so admittedly, I don't know how that would affect teams individually. But as far as a league goes and placement and playoffs, you can still have a fairly normal end to the season, even with less games. Like, it's just less games. Yeah, I mean, there's there's that concept of less games. Or let's say people want to fight and have the – they want the equal amount of games because that means it's fair across the board kind of thing. Because there's – granted, there's teams right now in MLS that would have no chance in just a 20-game season versus a 34. That's true. Um, the Another thought is a lot of people – and I've heard this um, comment by several people on Facebook or Instagram – what if they just change their schedule to be in line with the rest of the world? That'd be nuts if they did that. I think it's a great idea. That, that'd be unprecedented. That'd be unprecedented, but this would be the time to do it. Yeah. Um, considering that it's COVID-19, things are shifted anyways. You might as well just make the world work together now with transfers, with um, national team play, with um, club play around the world. And you're right. This is the perfect opportunity as things are stopped to reassess how they all fit together. Cause you're right. You look at things like the euros and Copa America and mm-hmm. Olympic qualifying and so on and so forth that, you know, in MLS people are leaving in the middle of the season and that can just completely jet lag their, their team's progress and their team success. And, some people might say, oh, well, you just have to adjust. Well, how do you adjust if your top goal scorer is gone? How do you adjust if, you're, if your top attacking midfielder is gone? How do you adjust when your leaders are gone? Yes, people have to step up, but the ideal thing would be to have MLS lined up with the rest of the world so that these kind of issues don't come up. Yeah, and I think, I mean, going back to that international idea, there wouldn't be a problem anymore with international play because they would actually have international breaks yep just like the rest of the world and that would also make the olympics easier that would make the euros easier that would make um um, getting ready for world cup easier for teams that everything if they're all meshed together and working together i think that the world of soccer would run more efficiently and but that being said, right now, because there's like the Champions League um, is in stall or the Premier League or just 
um, even the Euros were moved to the next year. The Olympics were moved to the next year. Copa America. Copa America, just all these different leagues and um, tournaments. The world uh, soccer leaders, so to speak, would have to meet pretty quick yeah. and get that taken care of. Because right now, Champions League. Right. <laughs> That's They're, what everybody's doing, right? They can meet over Zoom. Right. I, that would be very interesting. Um, I Like, for instance, Champions League, what are they going to do? The, the, it's going to come, if they do Champions League and they continue or they push it back, that's going to go mix in with international play, um, transfers, different leagues, just it's it's going to be so confusing and things just need to be sorted out pretty quick here. Yeah, Champions League is really interesting because again, any outside of the World Cup like club like club wise, Champions League is the pinnacle. Like Champions League is what everybody wants to win. And so if you say, "Oh, sorry, Champions League's canceled." Like especially I mean, you look at you look at uh is it Atlanta? Yeah, Adela- oh, yeah. Atlanta yeah. that qualified for the first time mm-hmm. in their career and have been killing it they've been absolutely going bonkers good they made it out of the group stage they would have moved on to um to the next round after the um the 16 the round of 16 if 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 the champions league keep going like those are dreams that these kids have that you can't just kill off and i and i realize again it's unprecedented and people have to figure out how to deal with it but i feel like for the amount that people have worked to get to where they are and to be in that kind of competition, especially the underdogs, to just have that taken away from them, I, I don't think it's fair. So, I mean, going along with that, though, what would you do? So would you just postpone the Champions League or would you cancel it and let the teams that earned it this last season do it next year? Or would you have a, like two different tournaments going on? Like uh, what, what would you do? Because some, if you had two tournaments going on, for instance, there would be teams that qualify – Last year and yeah. this year, so you couldn't really do that. What, like, I don't know. What... Yeah, I think I think there could be arguments made that expand the Champions League next season, where you have the people who are already in it, and then you have the people who qualified for this upcoming season, and just have it be an expanded Champions League. I think that's definitely a new way to do it. And it would take a lot of work to figure out how exactly that would go down. But I think that would probably be the best way to keep it fair, as best as could be done. Right. That'd be interesting to go through sometime and just look at like what teams are in it right now. And if all the leagues were to end now, what differences would there be? And um, because I can't, I can't imagine there being much of a difference like in La Liga um, or in Serie A, um, or League One, I mean, there's there's differences for sure in Premier League, um, especially considering that Man City is now banned. Yeah. Um, that that's going to make yeah, a big difference. Yeah. How is this going to affect? Right. So, would they play next season because they're in it right now? Yeah. So the, it's just there's a lot of interesting concepts that I think it's going to take a long time to think through, um, and a long a lot of long hours. <laughs> To get it done, but I do think that they, that, like you're saying, these kids have been dreaming about these things for a long time. They deserve a chance, especially like I, I love Liverpool. They're out now. I'm going all the way for Atlanta. 
Like they're they're, they're so Give it to the young and they have that underdog power and feeling with them. They deserve that, and we can't just say, "Oh, sorry," yeah. but we got to do something to help them. Yeah. One set of competitions that I actually think will benefit from the delay, I actually believe that Euro twenty twenty, Copa America, and Olympics will actually all benefit from the delay. And here's why: with Copa America and Euro twenty twenty, and the Olympics, like people get more of a chance to train and to practice and to prove themselves to give themselves a chance to be put on a roster. Yeah. And so I think that gives especially younger players a chance and players who are injured a chance to recover and to make a run next season. Um, I think, obviously, I could talk a lot more about the Euros and Copa America, but I'm going to focus right now on the Olympics for the U.S. The U.S., their, their only hope is their youth right now. Yeah. Their their veteran group is their their time is done. They can be kept around to help train, train right. the younger generation, but if the US wants to get themselves back in order when it comes to international soccer, they have to it can't just be young kids who are up and coming. It can't just be wonder kids. They have to be shepherded along and start starting big games and the Olympics is a great opportunity to do that because there's a lot of young talent and that's a very real competition that people can actually compete in and feel that competitive edge and really feel that grind that they haven't that those young kids those 17 18 19 20 year olds have not felt from just friendly games well correct me if I'm wrong for the women's Olympics um, for soccer, they don't have different individual age group for soccer, but for men's they do. Correct? Yeah, I believe so. So those big games, you're able to watch different levels: U18, U19, U20, U21, all these different age groups, and you're going to be able to pick out and say, "Oh, why don't we have him on U21 developing more, or why don't we have U- this U21 player?" With the first team. Um, and I think that's going to be, like you were saying, a big opportunity for these young stars to prove themselves as well as play against players that have already been there. Yep. Um, I, for instance, um, you could have a 17-year-old player playing against um, a caliber player like That plays the same form, everything as Rakitic. Yeah. Well, you, you look at you look at the last Olympics um, that Brazil took home the title. Neymar played in that Olympics. He scored the winning penalty. Obviously, oh, with, the, with, with the Olympics, yeah. you can only have I think three players above you know X age because they want to keep it you know kind of its own separate competition. That's why they keep it younger. But that's it's it's the truth where it's like yes, there's that younger generation, but there's also these super experienced world-class players mm-hmm. that if you give these young kids a chance to go up against them, it can really give them that experience they need going forward, especially as the U.S. tries to qualify for the 2022 World Cup because they didn't qualify for 2018. And obviously that was a mess. And if you want to know more about how much of a mess it is, look up Taylor Twellman, <laughs> U.S. Men's National Team World Cup 
rant because it's the greatest thing I've ever seen, and I love him. Shout out to Taylor Twillman, my favorite broadcaster and a New England great. Well, that being said, I mean, going along, because obviously the Olympics, the Euros, uh, or Copa America, how is this going to affect preparation for the World Cup? That's an interesting point. I think because the World Cup's in 2022, though, because that's a whole another two years, I feel like things will be able to have enough time to work itself out with that. But it's hard It's hard to know, and I think that, honestly, right now we just have to deal with the current leagues. Well, I mean, obviously we have to deal with those current leagues, but I'm thinking, I, for some reason it just popped in my mind, usually for a World Cup, you have to qualify, you have to start qualification games Two years in advance. No, no, that's true. They'll just have now to crunch it into a tighter. That's crazy, and that because and that's of part that, of and that comes schedule. into part of the part of the keeping the leagues in line right. that will help with dealing with something like that. Right, right. And another thought that I had is as well as like if since the Copa America, like you were talking about the Copa America, the Euros, and the Olympics are having that preparation time a little bit more. And those something that stood out to me is that those injured players that wouldn't have been able to compete, getting healthy and being able to compete. I, I think of Nico Ladero. Yeah. Ladero is by far one of Uruguay's uh, best players. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can have Suarez, Cavani, and Ladero all healthy, that would change the whole Copa America. Yep. Um, or you could have, I mean, obviously I'm naming players from Seattle because that's what I know the most, but even Svensson. Yeah. Svensson was injured. He was not able to play the Euros. Sweden, correct. Yep, for Sweden. But now, there's a big opportunity for him. And Sweden can do a lot better, and they have done a lot better when Svensson's on the field. Uh, U.S. men's national team, Tim Weah, right. currently out with, what, a, a torn ACL again? Yeah. Um, two, two torn ACLs back-to-back, and he's someone who has a, a lot of young talent for, for the U.S. men's national team. You know, Could he be a big-name person? And... You talk about more growth and stuff. If you look at the number of players who are playing in Europe for the U.S. men's national team, Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, mm-hmm. Sergino Dest, um, Stryker, 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 Why am I drawing a blank? Verde Bremen, Josh Sargent. Oh, there we go, you. Josh Sargent. <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know why that took me so long. Um, you just look at these players who are playing in Europe, and it's just, again, more time in the top leagues under their belt. And so we'll we'll see how that all goes. Um, one last thing we want to talk about really quick: when games start back up again, should they start being played without fans? See, I want to say yes, just because we don't know what the World Health Organization is going to say. But my heart says no, because I think that'd be unfair to those players. I think it'd be unfair to the organizations, but most importantly, I think it'd be unfair to the fans. Um, Now, there's the blame that um, the big games uh, that were played, that the COVID-19 spread throughout the fans. I mean, yes, but I think it would have spread no matter what. It may have taken a little longer, but it would have done the same thing. Um, And players players were getting it, even when they were... There is no interaction with the fans. Right. The thing is, if you look at what players and coaches have said, they don't want to play without fans. Mm-hmm. 
it takes away from the game. It takes away from why we love the game. Playing, playing without, playing without fans, playing without that crazy atmosphere. It's detrimental to underdogs. It it takes away from the love of the game, the reason that people do it in the first place. And so, I think when they're ready to bring things back up, I think they need to. I think they should let fans in. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Because obviously FIFA or UEFA or just the individual leagues want to follow health codes. The problem is it's not just those health codes by the World Health Organization, but it's by their individual countries as well. Because Spain or Italy right now, <laughs> right now they're pretty tight. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be hard to um, a little mend those rules a little bit just so we can have fans. But my point is as well, we saw who was the team that um, the fans were just outside. The oh stadium yeah, they were just outside the stadium in in thousands. Right, it, it didn't make any difference. It was it was PSG. It was PSG. it was PSG against that. Dortmund. Yep. Yeah. The so the fans were not allowed in the stadium, and they gathered in the masses in the streets outside of the stadium. It made no difference. Yeah. They, they, and the thing is, the fans are going to be there to support their team no matter what. You might as well just let them in the stadium. Yeah. And then you'll have. It'll be interesting to see what kind of like legal stuff where it's like okay if they start playing games without fans are you going to start running into issues where fans are gathering outside a stadium and you have to have riot squads come in right. that are trying to get people out and like just dealing with that and that's that's a whole other issue soccer can bring people together but it can also so make a lot of them tearing apart yeah so it, it'll be really interesting to say the least to see how this all shapes out but while we wait as as we find more information, we'll we'll get on and we'll talk about it. We'll we'll share our thoughts as they dis- make new decisions about what we should be doing. But for now, we're going to continue to produce content based off of of what we have and just past history that we can work off of to produce more content because we want to continue doing what we love. So thank you all so much for tuning in, and I hope you tune again tune in again next week for our next episode. We. Uh, promise that we'll keep the the good content coming but uh one more time for those of you just tuning in i am jeff carroll and i'm brennan berry this is and we are the, the soccer, soccer fanatics, fanatics.